0: Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now.
1: What well, he was viewed by a lack Through inspiration from the need So many problems to crack
2: I'm here to propose today that we look into getting the largest American flag in the state of Florida. We actually walked out, you know, out to the parking lot, and we thought about an American flag, and uh, and we started looking up, you know, different areas that have them. So we we went out there in the parking lot, and there's just just a big, beautiful, you know, area, and there's room for it. There's room for it,
3: and there's space, and there's like three dimensions, and like there's a parking lot. I mean, a a big parking lot. We should definitely have a big flag. Big flag. That's uh, District 3 Commissioner James Calkins saying, uh, you know, what we ought to be focusing our time on is figuring out how to build the tallest, biggest, sexiest, trumpiest flag in the whole state of Florida. And maybe not just Florida, maybe the whole U.S. We'll
2: see. Let's talk about it. Brad started looking up, you know, different, you know, uh, prices. And and there were so many different prices and different you know
3: things and so prices and things are different. Things and prices, prices and prices and things. Okay, I just just want to make sure that I know what we're talking about
2: here. There was one price where well, there was a flag for fifteen thousand, and then I called Rockland, Texas, and they're getting them for seven. Now that's just the flag. Uh, so there's lots of different, you know, prices and
3: so on and so forth. Well, things, things and prices. Don't forget the things. Uh, so where did he come up with the idea? Well, I think a combination of factors. I think, uh, Commissioner Calkins took himself a drive down Highway 98 for what must be the first time in years because, um, it seems like he thinks that the camping world flag is new. I don't, don't, okay. Um, but you know, he's not the South End Commissioner and, um, he got inspired by that and maybe an interview that he saw on Brian Kilmeade on Fox and Friends, apparently,
2: if y'all dr- drove down 98, there was uh, a new flag that has been put up. And I got to say, every time I drive and I see that flag, it gives me a sense of I love the USA. It's, it's We live in the best country on planet Earth. And it just gives you that good feeling, that positive feeling.
3: So here's the part where I have to feel a little bit awkward. I... I agree with him. I agree. Big, beautiful, bright, vivid, red, white, and blue flags make me happy too. You know, the one that, I, I don't think it's still there. The one in front of what used to be Gander Mountain, or maybe still is Gander Mountain, I don't know. I, you know, I'm not a much of a consumer, so the one on airport, that, that was always kind of cool. And, you know, the one he, he's talking about in front of Camping World on Highway 98 is cool. And, I mean, yeah, when I... You know, when I see a big flag, I, it makes me happy too. That's that's the part about this that is funny because you know, for Calkins, like it's never about the main issues of the county. It's always about some wing nut proposal, and yet his wing nut proposals, you know, if we build a big flag. I don't know whether I care whether it's the biggest one in the state of Florida or not, but big flags are cool. I, I like symbols. I like the blue angels being all over the place. I, heck, look at all the work I've put into fight for the water tower to keep that, you know, with the wings of gold on it and the blue angels on it. I mean, symbols matter, symbols inspire people. Flags are important. Big flags are importanter. <laughs> I mean, you know. I find myself very torn on this proposal because on the one hand, it is an election year and James Hawkins has finally found something that people will feel bad to criticize him for. A big flag. And yet, if you look at the comments on Channel 3's uh, Facebook page, they're not particularly kind. <laughs> they're Let's just say there's a uh, repeated theme of over overcompensation. Is one of the themes that you see there and also people asking is this the best way to spend our money well what's it going to cost commissioner colton wright says you know this is not going to be very cheap even though he supports it
0: certainly it's gonna be more than fifty thousand dollars i mean i just did some cursory um research on camping world and i know they their their flagpole alone the construction of that and the the infrastructure to hold it to do with wind resistance and hurricanes, somewhere around the $100,000
4: range, plus the cost of the flag itself. So,
3: Yeah, I mean, based on construction costs for anything these days, I'm just wild guessing we're probably talking about $200,000. Because you can't just put a flagpole up easy, (laughs) and then the flag itself, and then lights and some kind of provision for maintenance. So what is the point of it? Well, Calkin says this is how we prove we're Americans the point is we need a we need the lar- a large
2: flag to show our patriotism and to show that Santa Rosa County supports our military
3: I mean was that in doubt was there anybody who lives in Santa Rosa County who's like I'm just not sure that we're patriotic you know I or that we support the military you know Look at all of the static displays. Look at the water tower. Look at the all the different flags you see all over the place. I mean, it just really isn't in question. But see, here's the thing. I mean, look at the money we spend every 4th of July on a fireworks show. That's tens of thousands of dollars. You know, the Sertoma one in Pensacola. I think the budget there is like a hundred grand. And that's for fifteen minutes of happiness. This is for at least three hours of happiness, <laughs> you know, and I agree with him. You're going to see it all over the place and people are going to look to it and notice it. I don't think that it's going to be the tourist attraction that he thinks it is. It's not like the biggest ball of twine or anything, but people will see it and notice it. I actually, I, I really like Carrie Smith's idea. Uh, Carrie Smith, who brought up things like, well, look in, you know, Wisconsin, they've got one that's 400 feet tall and they've got one. that's about a quarter acre in size, the flag, you know, it's a quarter acre lot, that flag. Um, so you think about four homes to an acre that size. He said there's one in California that's like two and a half acres, but I don't know if it's up. I, I don't know if it's flat on the ground or what exactly is going on with that one. But, um, he says it shouldn't be at the administrative complex that they're, you know, where they are instead.
1: And as far as where it's located, I've already thought that one too. The best place for it would be Archie Glover's boat ramp. Look at that. Right there, the gateway into Santa Rosa County. Look at all the people who are going to see it.
3: See, I kind of love that idea. I love it being on I-10 because it's another thing you see on I-10, and a lot of people will see it, right? And welcoming you to the county. I, well, I guess Archie Glover wouldn't be – now. okay. just have to think through this for a second. Which one is Archie Glover? Because <laughs> there's the one up on Highway 90 – and then there's the one down on I 10. I guess that's I 10. Pardon me for not knowing which one, but I ble- believe he means the one down on I 10. Um, I, that makes sense to me. If you're going to build something like this, build it where as many people can see it as, as possible. You know, how tall do you build it? Well, he says the tallest one he thinks in Florida so far is 200 feet. So let's go for, you know, 207 or 210. Um, you know, he gets excited about the po- prospect of the biggest in the country, but that's going to be a lot more expensive about the largest in the
2: country, you go to 400 foot, you'll be, you'll be taller than the tallest mountain in the state of Florida. (laughs) And there are some
3: now that's exciting. (laughs) No, that's exciting. So meanwhile, on the board, the commissioners who I, I suspect all of the commissioners want to, well, several of the commissioners, I suspect want to be critical because this is going to be a lot of money to spend on something like this. And Ray Eddington is the only one who seems to be willing to say it out loud.
2: I would love to have a flag like that. I would love to have one in our neighborhood, but we don't have nowhere. And I'd like to spend that money somewhere else to fix these roads and drainage like the people up on Highway 182. Uh, We got to work and fix some of these problems. We got to look at this before we dish all this money out for a flag right now. That's
3: my my view. The the problem is that let's say the number is two hundred thousand. You know how much drainage improvement does two hundred thousand get you? Not much. You know, in the grand scheme of the county's budget, two hundred grand is not a whole lot. Oh yeah, it's like you know, four deputies. Let's say three deputies. Yeah, you know, it's a couple of Tahoes. I mean, you know, it's not nothing. And certainly, you know, Commissioner Hawkins has yelled and screamed over much smaller amounts of money that he didn't agree with. But it's also not $5 million, we think. I mean, I you know, they haven't priced it out yet. So it's an odd one. And, and as Sam Parker pointed out, well, we just spent $80,000 on the uh, Center for the Indians in Tourism. And so the real question is, okay, how much money are we willing to spend on symbolism? What's the shape of that spend? You know, Sam Parker says, I'd love to see some of the retiring training helicopters from Whiting, you know, up on a pedestal somewhere to show, because that's what Whiting is, you know, the biggest, you know, operational airspace for the Navy in the entire world. Um, that'd be kind of a cool thing to have. But that's not cheap. You know, look at the price going into creating the Chappie James Monument in Pensacola, right? It's not cheap. And it doesn't have to be that expensive, but it's not going to be free either. And then there's a the question of, well, who's going to pay for it? And, you know, Sam Parker says, well, what if we did it with tourism money? You know, if it's going to be an attraction, then it's tourism money. You know, as long as we can satisfy the state requirements on that, then we can tell the military we're with them and the tourists paid for it.
5: Not our property owners, not our citizens, but tourists. And uh, man, I'm excited about it.
3: Yeah. I mean, there's something about that that's appealing. Meanwhile, Ken Garner, who's a reporter for, um, oh, I'll get it wrong. <laughs> so I don't want to say because there's a couple of different newspapers in, in the South End and I I just don't want to say I'll get the wrong one. Um, and somebody gonna get, get angry at me. But anyway, he said, just as a citizen, he was there just speaking as a citizen, and he says, I kind of like it as a volunteer effort. You know, ask people to do bake sales and car washes and donate, and let's work as a community to pull it together, and then we can all brag how we pitched in and made this thing happen. So, if it's a private effort, cool. If it's a tourism effort, uh, maybe, yay. If it's County money from taxes persuade me, but I'm kind of a reluctant yes. But I have questions. I mean, you know, like, okay, which, you know, how tall, and they're going to price it out, and how big, and they're going to price it out, and, you know, how many? I mean, because there's always, if you're going to do one big flag, why not do two? You know, are you only half as patriotic as you could be? Couldn't you do three? Couldn't you put all the entrances to... Santa Rosa County, you know, at least the east and west side of I-10, I- you know, it's that's the kind of question you start to get is like, why this versus other things, what other kinds of things could we spend the money on, what other kinds of symbolism, but again, I think a lot of folks are having a very negative reaction to this, and I'm sure some are having a very positive reaction to it, don't get me wrong, I, I think this is, it's a weird issue because it's going to really split people. There's a lot of people who will look at this and say, oh my God, we spent 200, and again, that's not, I'm just making that number up, okay, I'm just guessing it's going to be in that vicinity. You know, somebody we're going if we do this some people are going to look at me like I cannot believe we spent two hundred thousand dollars on a flag and other people are going to be like man that's the best money this county ever spent yeah and I think it'll probably happen if it gets done by private fundraising so much the better if it gets done by tourism money I I guess somewhat the better because tourism money is going to go for attractions and this is something of an attraction I guess so I find myself really torn on it I do. I was I, I was actually a little bit surprised because, you know, there's nothing James Hawkins is, if not a Trump supporter. And I almost like he missed his opportunity. Maybe he'll say it on Thursday. We're going to make the greatest flag there ever has been and Okaloosa County is going to pay for it, because <laughs> if it's visitors, right, you can kind of make the joke. I don't know. So what do you think? 437-1620. I'd be curious about your opinion. Um, you know, Somebody here says uh, if the commissioners want to spend, if they want it, they can have their spend their discretionary budget on it rather than um, tourism dollars because that's from tax money. I, I understand that. I do, again, the question is, does it enhance the county's status as a vacation destination or as a tourism destination? I'm not sure. I think when people drive on Highway 98 and they see the Camping World flag, They like it. I like it. I'm not sure anybody goes down there to see that. Right? Oh, man, I hear there's a big flag on Highway 98. Let's go see it. Eh, Probably not. So I think it's going to be an uphill battle to justify it as a tourism spend. Uh, But I don't know. That's That's a legal question. Okay? And those statutes are pretty complicated. So if it gets built in the end, does this become the thing that, you know, James Calkins built that flag and now everybody knows it and it's it's the good thing he did on his way out of office or it's the good thing he did to get reelected or it's the good thing he did to step up to take Joel Redman's seat because nobody knows exactly what he's planning on doing. I don't know. But symbols matter. Symbols matter. Don't don't pretend they don't. I've driven all over this country and when you see a big, cool thing, whether it's a statue of Jesus or a ball of twine or a flag, it's notable and usually it's kind of cool. And as a guy who believes in symbols and icons and images, um I kinda wish we had it and didn't have to pay for it, right? I mean that's that's kind of like the reasonable position to take. Five twenty four on News Radio ninety two three, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. These statements have not been evaluated
0: by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What's up? (sighs) I'm tired of feeling so bloated. That used to be me. Then I got this.
4: Align Bloating Relief Plus Food Digestion.
0: A probiotic, right? Yeah, it works naturally with your gut to help soothe occasional bloating and gas. Plus, it has vitamin B12 to aid digestion by helping convert food to cellular energy. Two benefits, one capsule.
4: Align Bloating Relief Plus Food Digestion. From the number one doctor-recommended probiotic
0: brand. Get $5 off at alignprobiotics.com.
4: Join Travis Thompson with Climatech of Professional Air, an American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning independent customer care dealer in the Pensacola area on the Pensacola Expert Panel, Thursday at 9.30. Join in as Travis discusses how you can lower your energy bill and create a healthy, comfortable home. Join him Thursday morning at 9.30 on the Pensacola Expert Panel.
6: The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11, weekdays on News Radio 92.3, AM 1620.
0: Get news at the top and bottom of every hour with WEAR TV, our local news team, and Fox News on News Radio Pensacola.
5: Ah, oh, teach you to throw away my comic box.
3: Good morning 527 here on News Radio 923 informative local dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. We got Steve Taylor sitting in for the next 2 weeks for uh, David. Uh, Steve, what's going on in the news, sir? Well, good
4: morning. A House vote on impeaching Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas could come as early as today. Yesterday, the Republican-led House Rules Committee voted 8 to 4 to send the measure to the full House for a vote. Massachusetts Democrat Jim McGovern meanwhile slammed the Republicans over the effort calling it the most frivolous impeachment effort the House has has ever seen at least 15 people are displaced after a fast-moving mudslides and heavy rain destroyed multiple homes in LA over 10 inches of rain fell there over the over two days at parts of the Hollywood Hills of the Santa Monica Mountains steep hillsides that were already saturated from those rains gave out during yesterday's downpour police in Wheat Ridge Colorado responded to an unusual call this past weekend see a recent snowstorm there got three local llamas so excited they escaped their enclosure to play in the snow it's the officers were called to the scene to help round them up, but the llamas named Sophia, Tina, and Napoleon posed for a picture with the officers before they were safely returned home.
3: Llama, llama, mad at mama. <laughs> Did you ever read you, your your kids are not old or not, not the right age, range. Do no. you know the Llama Llama books? Steve?
4: I, I've seen them in a bookstore, but you know we're all too old by the time Jake, those that's came not out. A thing yeah. for you. no, no
3: I the, the Llama Llama, they're, <laughs> it's just just. Petulant little llama. And it's I mean, they're cute. You know, they really are kind of cute. <laughs> Three llamas escaped their cage. Excited about the storm. All right, Steve, thanks so much for the update. 528 here on News Radio 923. Oh, so you know the SpaceX uh, splashdown that's supposed to happen tonight when they leave the International Space Station later on this morning. Apparently that's been scrubbed. Uh so if you were getting ready to look outside your your porch up in the air for like two hours from six to eight thirty tonight, um apparently you don't have to now. So I know a lot of people are like, man, I want to hear that sonic boom for myself. I want to see it for myself. I understand. I wasn't eager to be looking up in the sky for two and a half hours, but uh, you know, still, I was same thing. I thought it'd be cool, but apparently it's been scrubbed. So I don't know. I don't know beyond that. But that's where we seem to be standing at the moment. Four three seven sixteen twenty. If you're looking for that next vehicle and you'd love something that's not a brand new and not a hope it works, but a know it's going to work. That's Frontier Motors. That's, the, that's what they specialize in. Cars you can count on. Use cars that, you know, feel like they're new cars, cars that are one, two, maybe three years old, maybe four possibly, but, you know, typically one, two or three. I know the, you know, the Honda Odyssey that we bought was a year old with about 12,000 miles on it, came back on the lease program. They couldn't sell in Orlando. So they go to car auctions all over the area and they went there, bought it and we bought it. I mean, it was just, and we've loved it ever since. I mean, it's been a great car, but that's what they specialize in. So when you go by on Beverly Parkway, you can see about 300 different cars, trucks, vans, SUVs, sedans, sports cars, you know, all on the lot. And typically grouped by by like category, so if you're thinking about a sedan, you can see you know 20 or 30 all in one place and try them out and try as many as you like. Maybe you find something you really love. Maybe you find something you almost really love, and you're like, can I get it in this color? And then we go, okay, we'll go look for it. Because they can do that. Frontier Motors, serving the Pensacola area for more than 25 years, right behind that big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. 5:30 on News Radio 92.3. Uh, what do you have coming up, Steve?
4: Well, I have some news coming up, and we'll talk about it in one minute. Fox
2: News, I'm Chris Foster. Country music star Toby Keith died two years after announcing he had stomach cancer. He was
0: 62.
2: His family says in a statement that Toby Keith passed away peacefully last night, surrounded by his family and that he fought his fight with grace and courage. More rain is falling in Southern California. It's been coming down since Sunday morning in and around Los Angeles. There's widespread flooding and wind damage.
0: The ground is saturated with water after all of this rain. 307 mudslides have been reported, and the water continues to run down slope. Some rain gauges here in the Los Angeles area measuring nearly a foot of rain over the past couple of days.
2: Fox weather's Max Gordon in L.A. There are at least five homes Damaged by mudslides. America's listening to Fox News.
4: Good morning. It's 531, 47 degrees, and clear right now. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio Pensacola. Starting this week, all naval installations in the country are taking part in their annual force protection training exercise. News Radio's Joe Ford has more.
0: It's called Citadel Shield Solid Curtain, a two-week training that'll simulate realistic threat scenarios such as active shooters, unauthorized base access, and improvised explosive devices. The Navy says while measures are taken to minimize disruptions to local communities, there will likely be times when the training leads to increased traffic or delays in base access. Residents near Navy installations may also see or hear security activities that are
4: associated. Joe Ford, News Radio 92 3. As we heard Andrew mention just a little while ago, it's generating buzz and excitement in Santa Rosa County. During yesterday morning's committee meeting, District 3 Commissioner James Caucus introduced the idea of the county setting a new record for housing Florida's largest American flag. Commission Chairman Sam Parker suggested the county use tourist development dollars to pay for it.
5: I actually think that comparatively to some of the money that this board has spent in the last 12 months on tourist development, that this flag could actually be more impactful to tourist development, to, you know, maybe, I I can't tell you how many people would come to Santa Rosa just for that, but I can tell you we absolutely can incorporate it into our marketing, you know.
4: An agenda item will be added to Thursday's meeting that should include estimates of what the project would cost. Calkins' idea suggested the flag could be housed at the administrative complex, although that's not set in stone yet. The Florida Highway Patrol says one student was transported to a local hospital following an accident involving two school buses. It happened on Navarre Parkway at Highway 98 at 8 o'clock yesterday morning. Troopers say one of the buses was turning right onto Highway 98. And the bus driver failed to observe the other bus approaching. While the collision caused minor damage to the vehicles. One of them was occupied by 24 students. One student was transported with possible injuries, but no other information was provided. Well, let's check that forecast from Channel 3.
3: This is meteorologist Brooke Richardson with your first morning weather update. We are going to be seeing a beautiful sunny day today with temperatures warming up into the 60s. High today near 64 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 43 degrees. For
4: Wednesday,
6: nice sunny skies return high near 62. Wednesday night temperatures dropping near 49. Beautiful weather for our Thursday as well with a high near 65 degrees. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center.
4: Thanks, Brooke. Right now, 44 in Penn Pensacola, 44 in Gulf Breeze and 43 in Milton at 534. Next news around five, uh, 6 o'clock. Breaking news is happening anytime. I'm Steve Taylor for News Radio Pensacola. Informative, local, dependable. Are you ready for
0: a triple dose of wit, insight and laughter? Tune in to News Radio Pensacola for the Markley, VanCamp and Robbins show from 11 to 2. Your daily dose of engaging conversation and hilarious banter. Join Jamie Markley, David VanCamp and Scott Robbins as they tackle the biggest news stories, pop culture moments and everything in between. They'll keep you entertained, informed and laughing out loud from start to finish. Don't miss a minute of the fun. Tune in to the Markley, VanCamp and Robbins show, 11 till 2 on News Radio Pensacola.
6: Investing in times like these can be scary if you don't have the right person at the helm of your finances. Armada Advisors will put you on the right path for success. Join Wesley Odom with Armada Advisors to find a better way you can successfully invest your money and enjoy your retirement. Tune in to the Pensacola Expert Panel this morning at ten. The Pensacola Expert Panel, nine to eleven weekdays on News Radio ninety two three AM, sixteen twenty.
1: Did you receive a call or message that mentioned Social Security and demanded immediate action? Did the caller know your Social Security number or other personal information and tell you that your Social Security number had been used in connection with the crime? Did you feel worried that your Social Security number might be suspended, your bank account might be frozen or seized, or you could be arrested? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, demand your personal information or instant payment email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Do not be fooled, hang up, ignore them. Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa gov
0: produced at u.s taxpayer expense pensacola morning news with andrew mckay mornings before pep talk on news radio 92 3 informative local dependable well life on a farm kind of let back ain't much an old country bullet mccain hack Early to rise, early in the sack. I thank God I'm a country boy, and I can take you for a ride on my big green tractor. We're just country boys and girls getting down on
3: the farm. She thinks my tractor's sexy. Once a month, I'd like to check in with our good friend farmer up in Jay, Florida, Ryan Jenkins, the owner of Jenkins Farms. Ryan, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Uh, We're doing great, man. So the last time you and I talked, uh, you were kind of gave the revelation that because of the way pricing was set up to work for cotton this year, that you were going to do as close to zero cotton as you could manage. And in fact, it was the first time I think you said that you had ever we're thinking about doing no cotton whatsoever and just throwing it all into peanuts, especially after last year's total horrible year, and trying to make up some of that ground and dig yourself out of this decade-long ditch that you know the pit that last year put you in. Is that still your plan? You still tr- still thinking about 100% no cotton?
5: I've been through three packs of pencils since the last time we talked.
3: Oh wow! <laughs>
5: <laughs>
3: we're we're chewing, we're chewing chewing or, or writing. <laughs>
5: we're still trying to figure it out um nothing has really changed on that um the cotton still is down um you know the projections just don't look good the input prices are so high on it but but it's that way with all the crops so there's no uh even with peanuts being pretty good, it's still not a silver bullet, you know. Yeah. They're still just—it's it, it, kind of like the cards are stacked against us right now.
3: Now, cotton is cotton is part of the rotation with peanuts, so it's valuable mm-hmm. as part of nourishing the soil. Is that right or no?
5: That's very correct. Yeah, okay. the, the the more cotton we can have planted in between our peanuts, the better our peanuts are going to do.
3: Okay, and how how many like how frequently can you plant peanuts? You can get
5: by planting peanuts behind peanuts for a year or two. Your yields are going to suffer some, but you can't do it long-term. You know, long-term, they're going to suffer so much that they'll no longer be profitable. So I prefer my, my rotation works best if I can get two to three years of cotton between when I plant peanuts. Or I can also throw corn in there. Okay. Um, soybeans I can throw in there as well. They're not quite as good a rotation because they share some of the same diseases. But uh, you know, pretty much anything is better than just peanut, 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 peanut.
3: So when you talk about, I mean, if I'm, I'm again, I'm just doing the math quickly in my head. You're you're talking about maybe a half to two thirds of your land space going from the crop you'd prefer to grow for the purpose of long-term re-nourishing the soil for the for the peanuts and you're putting it into peanuts again which as you say you can't do long term is going to be reduced yields but i mean this is a major shift for you and if if the more i think about this i was thinking about this in preparation for the interview I, i've seen your cotton picker i mean it's this huge million dollar machine that you like to say get driven by a satellite in outer space down to the inch in gps and you know if you're not doing cotton it seems like all of your apparatus for cotton is going to lay fallow, which can't be good for the apparatus. But also it's not like you just have three extra machines and people laying around to pick extra peanuts all the time either. It seems like massive shifts in logistics here. Am I thinking about this the right way?
5: No, you're thinking about it, right? and that That's some of what has to be penciled in. And some things are hard to give a monetary value to, even though you know there is one. Yeah. Um, Having that equipment there, like you say, in the end, if, if it were just as simple as saying this is what I want to do, I would look at the economics of things this year and I'd say, all right, that's it. I'm not going to plant any cotton. But like you're saying, I can't really do that because, like you say, I have all this equipment sitting there. Um, another thing to look at is I don't have enough equipment to plant all my acres and peanuts if I wanted to I I couldn't do it I couldn't physically get over the acres I couldn't physically get it harvested and then you know uh, something else you have to think about uh, as far as infrastructure goes all of our peanut buying points and the the whole system's kind of set up on doing an average of x number of acres a year well You got to know I'm not the only person that's here thinking these same thoughts, you know. So a lot of the other farmers are thinking they're going to go heavy on peanuts, and the infrastructure can't handle it. And then on top of that, if we do do what we're thinking, which you know it's it's going to soften some from what we've thought initially, we're just going to have to. But if we did everybody plant all these peanuts, we would flood the market. And in years past, when this happens. It usually takes us about three years or so to uh, empty that pipeline to get our prices, our our peanut prices back up where they would need to be. So we would we'd be shooting ourselves in the foot in some ways if we did have this great change from cotton yeah. back to peanuts.
3: So you wouldn't even get the result in the end. It's a kind of a, uh, in logic, we call it a prisoner's dilemma. Sort of, you gotta you gotta figure out what everybody else is gonna do and cooperate together to restrain the way you take advantage of the situation, even though you're all eager to do it because you all went through the same pain last year. But if you all do what you're talking about doing, then nobody gets great benefit. And then for several years after this, you're not getting the money back either. I mean, I, I see it. I can see all that. Pro- and, and I was even thinking, again, you always, you're the expert. You tell me if I'm wrong. It wasn't just that you don't have the um uh, the machines necessarily, but you have the extra problem of, uh, unless I misunderstand. You know, peanuts come in during these couple of weeks, and cotton comes in during these couple of weeks, and now you'd have all the crop coming in around the same time, which even if you had the equipment and stuff, you're not geared for so much of it to take place all at one time. Is that true?
5: That's right. That's what I'm saying. There are so many moving parts in this thing and so many things that are intertwined that it truly is a difficult decision um, you know, if if, you, if we were in the Midwest where it's basically corn and soybeans and they have the exact same equipment that does both, yeah, it, their their dilemma would be a lot easier than ours with two specialty crops thrown in the mix. You know, cotton and peanuts are both specialty crops. They require their own set of equipment. Um, and, and it does, you could, like you said earlier, you do have to think, all that cotton equipment that you're paying money on, it really needs to pay for itself in some way, shape, or form, and it hurts for it to sit there and not be used. Um, and so, a, and I know, was even there, there's a lot, a lot, lot of ways of looking
3: at it. And, and I was even thinking about how my first thought was, okay, well, Ryan's got this million-dollar cotton picker. Well, he can maybe sublease that to somebody else who's going to be using it this year, but nobody else is going to be growing cotton. And so, you know, even if even if that were sort of theoretically possible the ability to offload some of that cost, externalize it a little bit, um, doesn't really, I would assume is not really there. And you have the reverse problem of input prices from getting the equipment you're going to need for the, the peanuts. So it's real, I mean, it's just not so easy to turn the whole ship of your, all of your fields, right?
5: That's, that's correct. It's a very difficult, uh, decision. You know, when you ride by during the summertime and you see cotton growing somewhere, peanuts or soybeans or corn or whatever, Growing in a field, there was a lot of decision making that went into that. It didn't just happen that way, you know. It didn't just say, "All right, well, I think I'm gonna do this here, this here, this here, and this here." There is a lot of a thought that goes into what gets planted where and when it gets planted. There, um, every year, it's it's, it's it's a major thing, and that's what we're doing this time of year because we have to. It's time to start applying our lime and our fertilizers and stuff like that and getting the land prepared um, for our crops. So, as well as, you know, it's time, it's it's already late actually to order peanut seed um, and cotton seed. These things have to be ordered ahead of time. They have to be prepared and have treatment put on them and shipped and all that. So, you know, all these things have to happen well ahead of when you actually see them going into the field.
3: We're talking to Ryan Jenkins. He is our uh, owner of Jenkins Farms up in Jay, Florida, and a good resource to help us understand the uh, the life of the northern two-thirds of Escambia and Santa Rosa County that most of us in the southern part don't think about too much. I assume, and you mentioned it briefly, but I, you, know, you talked to other farmers and people who are in the peanut co-op and everything else with you. I mean, how is everybody doing this? I mean, it's hard for me to imagine driving through north Santa Rosa County or north Escambia County in the fall and not seeing cotton bales on the side of the road, but is that... I mean, is it pretty much everybody's doing as little cotton as they can?
5: They are. And like I say, it's not going I doubt that there's anybody that's probably going to literally plant zero acres of cotton. But when it, when they're doing their planting and they come to I could plant cotton or corn or soybeans or peanuts here. Cotton's gonna be at the lower the lower end of it. Like I say, people gotcha. are still gonna to have to have it. It's definitely gonna be down. And there's going to be some preference given to peanuts, but still, you know, we have uh, it'll be May, basically the end of April and all of May and the beginning of June when we're planning. So we still have opportunity for things to change a little bit with the markets and, and you know, who knows we're, we're one person sending an email or writing a letter or dropping a bomb away <laughs> from some major change in the, in the market, you know, Yeah. Uh,
3: so. Well, what, we, still, need, what we need is a good Super Bowl running. ad. We need a good planters, uh, Snickers, you know. <laughs> we need some Super Bowl ads yeah. to get people to eat more peanuts yeah. this year so well. that, you know, you can sell them, you can make them, you can sell them, and you don't have a backlog of surplus peanuts because there aren't enough demand to, to run behind it. Uh, we always like to end with a uh, did-you-know or a farming fact. you have one for us this week?
4: Yeah, I, I
5: found a card. Alabama Farm Bureau Cotton Association card from my great grandfather from 1925. Oh, cool! So all these problems that we're talking about, they were having then. You know, the last the last sentence on this card says that he is doing his share to abolish speculation and waste and to stabilize world cotton matters. So, so 99 years ago, he wasn't talking to a radio host, radio show host about this. But he was out talking about the same things we're talking about today, and trying to make a difference. So, I think I think it's pretty neat that those, you know, that even back then we we think we're having these problems. They've had them. They've had them since the beginning of time. And the, and the fun fact for today is I look back kind of nineteen seventy eight, where some of the really good records were that I found, and just for instance, uh, cottonseed. Cost per acre then in 1978 was about six dollars an acre. Cotton seed cost per acre now in 2024 is about a hundred dollars an acre.
3: Oof! Wow. Well, I mean, you know, we see and, all, we see all uh, the mansions and Lamborghinis that all the farmers are, are living in and driving, and you know, it's obviously paying off for you. So. <laughs> there you go.
4: <laughs> yeah.
5: There you go. And then, and then the other neat thing is. The prices they were getting paid for their cotton is still the same range that we're getting paid for ours today,
3: on dollars that are deflated over time. Yeah, you know, I mean the the dollar buys you less less because of inflation. Oh, you're killing me, man! I this is why one of the reasons I love having you on is because I want people to know just how difficult the basic operation of an agricultural sector is, and everything depends on you and people like you. And there are not, like, magic solutions from the sky to make everything just work right. So I appreciate the planning, the thoughtfulness, the diligence, the dedication, the viewing it as a calling, I mean, all that stuff. And plus the historical notes, um, both good and, and, and awful, all at the same time. Uh, Ryan Jenkins, he's our uh, he's our farmer up in Jay, Florida. Ryan, thank you for farming. Thanks for feeding and clothing uh, my kids, man. I appreciate it.
5: Thank you for having us on. I hope you all have a great week. And go buy something made out of cotton and eat
3: something. That's got be nuts. Oh, yeah. amen, brothers. Absolutely. 550 on News Radio 923. informative, local, dependable. If you need work done on your vehicle, uh, you know, Bobby Likas Auto Service, he takes care of the, uh, you know, gas engines and diesel engines. You might think diesel is a little bit specialty item. It, I mean, it is, but not that specialty. They work on those. Uh, domestics and imports. You might think, well, look, I bought this, uh, you know, nice Lexus or this nice Mercedes. I got to take it to the Lexus or the Mercedes dealer. You don't. I mean, you know, if you want to. Maybe you spend a little bit more and you want to drive the distance and be inconvenienced and take the time. I mean, you know, go, go ahead or take it to Bobby Likas Auto Service right here on Davis Highway. They work on those vehicles, you know, all the time. Their philosophy is they want to see you for little things to prevent the big things. That's uh, embodied in the name of the website, carclinicservice.com, like a healthcare clinic for your car. You know, you take your body to the doctor periodically, take your car to the mechanic periodically and have them take a look at it. That's it. Bobby Likas Auto Service right here on Davis Highway.
0: Hi, this is Earl Ron. At New South Window, we bring the factory to you. Our windows and doors are made with quality in mind, and your products and insulation are backed by our lifetime warranty. That's because New South Window knows the importance of single-source accountability. We believe in removing the middleman so you get more for your money. This is Real Factory Direct. One company, one call, guaranteed for life. Get New South Proud.
6: For a limited time only, when you buy more, you can save more. Visit NewSouthWindow.com to learn more.
4: Every year, Steve Faircal climbs the stairs of the John Hancock Center in Chicago, 94 floors to the top. It's called the hustle up the Hancock. It's hard to believe when you watch Steve today that a few years ago, his lungs were failing and he was fighting to survive. For eight hours a day,
2: someone was pounding on my chest to try and keep my lungs clear. I honestly don't think
4: I had more than a couple weeks to live. That's when Steve received the gift of life, a double lung transplant made possible by an organ donor. After I got my new lungs, I started
2: doing things that I had never been able to do. I never knew that breathing could feel this good.
4: Steve climbs to honor his donor and to raise awareness for organ eye and tissue donation. Wouldn't you like that when you left this beautiful planet that you could save a few lives on your way out? It's an incredible gift. Imagine what you could make possible by leaving behind Behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ eye and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Goes. Go A-R-G-O-S Go Argos!
6: Go Argos!
3: Hi, I am Claire Stewart with the University of West Florida. On March 2nd, UWF and local partners will present the UWF Arbor Day Market on campus. Listen in to the Pensacola Expert Panel to find out how you can participate in our native species tree giveaways, explore the campus nature trails, and learn more about planting in northwest Florida. That's Thursday at 9 a.m. on the Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 92.3.
1: I'm Fouad Revese, a home builder. Did you know there's a deadly, invisible radioactive gas that can seep into homes from underground? It's radon. Breathing radon can cause lung cancer. So protect your family, talk to your builder, tell them you want a healthier, safer, radon resistant home. Learn more, visit the EPA at
0: epa.gov radon. That's epa.gov radon. This public service announcement is brought to you by the EPA who does not endorse this particular builder or any other commercial enterprise.
1: Serving overseas was just the beginning. We might be home from war, but our mission continues in communities all across the country. It's why we're out there in times of peace and crisis, providing meals to the hungry and supplies to the sick. It's why we're giving strength to those who are too weak and bringing resources to those without them. Service doesn't stop when we're done serving. It's what makes us the VFW. Learn more at VFW.org. Guy
0: Benson, keeping you informed of the news every day at two, Right after Mark van Katherine Robbins, on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable.
4: Joey, have you ever been in a in a Turkish prison?
0: Good morning,
3: five fifty-five here on News Radio ninety-two-three, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Um, SpaceX says they have scrubbed the mission that would have sent the um, capsule down here in the Gulf to uh, watch it, to hear it. Probably do a uh, big old sonic boom this evening, somewhere around five, six, seven, eight, somewhere in that vicinity. The window is pretty. It's kind of like the um, the cable guy coming. You know, <laughs> SpaceX is coming in this window. You gonna be home? I don't know. You won't have to be home to hear it. But no, it's not going to be today. They scrubbed it because of weather issues. Uh, I have not yet announced a reschedule for that. The hearing, there was supposed to be yesterday, there was going to be the hearing over the case that the uh, Escambia County Commissioners had brought against, well, really Jeff Bragosh using the Escambia County Commission, has brought against Alex Arduini and um, uh, Jonathan Owens, political opponents, and uh, the PNJ, I would say also a political opponent. I mean, he's He's done a lot of things to uh, to go after the PNJ over the years, including getting the uh, public notices published elsewhere, which he celebrated for a long time. Look at how I, you know, took money away from the PNJ, which, again, is kind of a long, complicated backstory to that story. But um, he always hated Andy Marlett. And, um, you know, he views it as a success that he managed to get rid of Andy Marlett. And, you know, maybe he did because of defunding the PNJ through the public notice thing. But anyway, and. You know, I was always torn about that anyway because I thought public money to go for that when it could be online. But still, the point is um, here he's using a legal strategy to go against his political opponents for them having the text messages, which, by the way, are now in the public domain. The clerk of the court has them all posted, redacted, but posted so you can read them for yourself on the... You know, related to the lawsuit. I think it's actually not this lawsuit. I think it's the Rami Edler lawsuit, if I remember correctly, um, that it has to do with. But um, uh, oh no, it is related to this one. It's it's this one. Excuse me. So they're all they're all sixteen hundred pages of them, and uh, there was supposed to be a hearing yesterday here in Escambia County. The judge recused himself and uh, said uh, we need to do elsewhere. Although without a reason is kind of an odd one, but okay. So you know the judge has recused himself and so now it's going to be it's going to go to Okaloosa county which actually that kind of makes sense to me because it it's not that far away and it's also a little bit at a distance from some of the you know local influences let's just say and uh, so i actually think that's probably a good thing for this case being heard properly but it does mean it's been delayed because it was supposed to be heard yesterday, and now it's on a, well, we'll see when it gets scheduled. 5.57 on News 92 92.3. We've got Steve Taylor in the newsroom with our headlines. Steve?
4: Well, some sad news. Country music star Toby Keith has died. The singer-songwriter passed away yesterday at the age of 62. He was recently diagnosed with stomach cancer. Central Command is assessing the casualties from U.S. strikes in Iraq and Syria. That's what the Pentagon spokesman Major General Pat Ryder told reporters yesterday. He said the goal of Friday's strike was to target the the Iranian-backed groups responsible for the attack in Jordan that left three American soldiers dead and dozens wounded. Ratings for the Grammy Awards are in, and they're basically a hit. Roughly 17 million people watched the primetime awards show on Sunday night, the largest number for the music event since 2020. The number was a 30% increase from last year. And, of course, in Mm. case you live under a rock, the album of the year went to Taylor Swift. And that's what's happening. All right, Steve. Thanks
3: so much for the update. If somebody texts in and says, "Andrew working with a cold today." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But even on my best cold smelly cat day, uh, I still don't sound like Steve. I still don't sound nearly as, as robust and vibrational. I don't <laughs> that's know. Steve's, Steve's voice. <laughs> oh man. Six fifty nine on News Radio ninety two three. Uh, oh, the Army says that it is going to now double its hundred fifty five millimeter shell production by October. This is because of demand coming out of Ukraine, right? And um, interesting numbers when you put it all together, that um, you know the capacity we have for production is below the daily usage by Ukraine. Ukraine is using about a fifth as many as Russia is using every month. So Russia, because of they're getting help from like Iran, for example, and North Korea. But interesting to see us ramping up that production You're capability. You are listening
0: to News Radio ninety two three. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton,
6: Pensacola.